0: Today is the 8th day of March. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you today around the global campfire as we gather to take the next step forward. And I'm grateful that we get to take the next step forward each and every day. Our our next step forward, the one we're going to take now, the step forward for today, lead us back into the book of Numbers, and we will continue our journey with the children of Israel in the wilderness. Numbers chapter 10, verse 1 through 11, verse 23 today. The Lord spoke to Moses. Make two trumpets of hammered silver to summon the community and have the camps set out. When both are sounded in long blasts, the entire community is to gather before you at the entrance to the tent of meeting. However, if one is sounded, only the leaders, the heads of Israel's clans, are to gather before you. When you sound short blasts, the camps pitched on the east are to set out. When you sound short blasts a second time, the camps pitched on the south are to set out. Short blasts are to be sounded for them to set out. When calling the assembly together, you are to sound long blasts, not short ones. The sons of Aaron, the priests, are to sound the trumpets. Your use of these is a permanent statute throughout your generations. When you enter into battle in your land against an adversary who is attacking you, sound short blasts on the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God and be saved from your enemies. You are to sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings and your fellowship sacrifices, and on your joyous occasions, your appointed festivals and the beginning of each of your months, They will serve as a reminder for you before your God. I am the Lord your God. During the second year, in the second month, on the twentieth day of the month, the cloud was lifted up above the tabernacle of the testimony. The Israelites traveled on from the wilderness of Sinai, moving from one place to the next until the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. They set out for the first time according to the Lord's command through Moses. The military divisions of the camp of Judah's descendants with their banners, set out first. A nation, son of Amminadab, was over their divisions. Nethanel, son of Zuar, was over the division of the tribe of Issachar's descendants. And Eliab, son of Elon, was over the division of the tribe of Zebulun's descendants. The tabernacle was taken down And the Gershonites and the Merarites set out, transporting the tabernacle. The military divisions of the camp of Reuben with their banner set out, and Elezur, son of Shadur, was over their divisions. Shalumiel, son of Zurashaddai, was over the division of the tribe of Simeon's descendants. And Eliasaph, son of Duel, was over the division of the tribe of Gad's descendants. The Kohatites then set out transporting the holy objects. The tabernacle was to be set up before their arrival. Next, the military divisions of the camp of Ephraim's descendants with their banner set out and Elishamah son of Amihud, was over their divisions. Gamaliel son of Petazur was over the division of the tribe of Manasseh's descendants. And Abidin, son of Gideoni, was over the division of the tribe of Benjamin's descendants. The military divisions of the camp of Dan's descendants, with their banner, set out, serving as rear guard for all the camps. And Ahaitzer, son of Amishadai, was over their divisions. Pagio, son of Okran, was over the division of the tribe of Asher's descendants and Ahira, son of Enan, was over the division of the tribe of Naphtali's descendants. This was the order of march for the Israelites by their military divisions as they set out. Moses said to Hobab, descendant of Ruel, the Midianite, and Moses' relative by marriage, We're setting out for the place the Lord promised. I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. But he replied to him, I don't want to go. Instead, I will go to my own land and my relatives. Please don't leave us, Moses said, since you know where we should camp in the wilderness, and you can serve as our eyes. If you come with us, Whatever good the Lord does for us, we will do for you. They set out from the mountain of the Lord on a three-day journey with the Ark of the Lord's Covenant traveling ahead of them for those three days to seek a resting place for them. Meanwhile, the cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the Ark set out, Moses would say, Arise, Lord. Let your enemies be scattered, and those who hate you flee from your presence. When it came to rest, he would say, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. Now the people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship. When the Lord heard, his anger burned and fire from the Lord blazed among them and consumed the outskirts of the camp. And the people cried out to Moses, and he prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So that place was named Taberah, because the Lord's fire had blazed among them. The riffraff among them had a strong craving for other food. The Israelites wept again and said, Who will feed us meat? We remember the free fish we ate in Egypt, along with the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There's nothing to look at but this manna. The manna resembled coriander seed, and its appearance was like that of delium. The people walked around and gathered it, They ground it on a pair of grinding stones or crushed it in a mortar, then boiled it in a cooking pot and shaped it into cakes. It tasted like a pastry cooked with the finest oil. When the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna would fall with it. Moses heard the people, family after family, weeping at the entrance of their tents. The Lord was very angry. Moses was also provoked. So Moses asked the Lord, Why have you brought such trouble on your servants? Why are you angry with me? And why do you burden me with all these people? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth so you should tell me carry them at your breast as a nursing mother carries a baby to the land that you swore to give their ancestors? Where can I get meat to give all these people? For they are weeping to me. Give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. They are too much for me. If you are going to treat me like this, please kill me right now, if I have found favor with you. And don't let me see my misery anymore. The Lord answered Moses, Bring me 70 men from Israel, known to you as elders and officials of the people. Take them to the tent of meeting and have them stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there. I will take some of the spirit who is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you bear the burden of the people so that you do not have to bear it by yourself. Tell the people... Consecrate yourselves in readiness for tomorrow, and you will eat meat because you wept in the Lord's hearing. Who will feed us meat? We were better off in Egypt. The Lord will give you meat and you will eat. You will eat, not for one day or two days or five days or ten days or twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes nauseating to you. "'because you have rejected the Lord who is among you "'and wept before him. "'Why did we ever leave Egypt?' "'But Moses replied, "'I'm in the middle of a people with 600,000 foot soldiers, "'yet you say, I will give them meat "'and they will eat for a month. "'If flocks and herds were slaughtered for them, "'would they have enough? "'Or if all the fish in the sea were caught for them, "'would they have enough?' The Lord answered Moses, Is the Lord's arm weak? Now you will see whether or not what I have promised will happen to you. Mark 14, 1-21 It was two days before the Passover and the Festival of Unleavened Bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a cunning way to arrest Jesus and kill him. Not during the festival, they said, so that there won't be a riot among the people. While he was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured it on his head, but some were expressing indignation to one another. Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they began to scold her. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you. And you can do what is good for them whenever you want, but you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot one of the twelve went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. And when they heard this, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he started looking for a good opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamp, his disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and prepare the Passover so that you may eat it? So he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the city And a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. So the disciples went out, entered the city, and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening came, he arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining and eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and say to him, one by one, Surely not I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve the one who is dipping bread in the bowl with me. For the Son of Man will go just as it is written about Him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better off for him if he had not been born. Psalm 51 A Prayer for Restoration for the choir director. a Psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone to Bathsheba. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. Blot out my rebellion. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I am conscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit and I will teach the rebellious your ways, and sinners will return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not want a sacrifice or I would give it, you are not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humbled heart, God. And your good pleasure cause Zion to prosper. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings, then bowls will be offered on your altar. Proverbs 10, 31, and 32 The mouth of the righteous produces wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is appropriate, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. Okay, so in the Gospel of Mark, we have reached a portion of the narrative where we are encountering the Last Supper of Jesus, the betrayal of Jesus, the last days of Jesus, And I mentioned when we went through this in Matthew, we should always give reverence to what we're reading. We get to encounter this story four times, once in each of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we move forward into the book of Acts and into the letters, and we leave the narratives of the ministry of Jesus behind. And so when we encounter these stories, giving them the weightiness that they are due. It's important, especially now that we're in this season of Lent, a season of repentance, a season of reflection, a season of trying to s- slow things down enough to realize the impact of our lives and to understand that sin, as we have allowed it to, to direct our lives has only ever led us to destruction, and that a savior came to rescue us. That's the story that we are moving into in the Gospel of Mark. And so just once again reminding us as we move through this in the coming days that 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 we immerse ourselves and meditate upon the story of our salvation. Then we turn backward into the book of Numbers and our reading began poignantly. And I quote, The people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship. Like that one sentence right there describes a generous portion of our lives especially our spiritual lives the people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship a couple verses later later we get to hear what they were saying as they were complaining about hardship who will feed us meat we remember free fish we ate in Egypt along with the cucumbers melons, leeks onions and garlic But now our appetite is gone. There's nothing to look at but this manna. So what they're saying is, huh, this journey into freedom has gotten difficult. Do you guys remember how great it was when we were slaves? When we could eat fish and cucumbers and melons and leeks and onion and garlic? Now all we have is this manna. So, what they're saying is, slavery fed us better. God's provision out here in the wilderness that is sustaining our very lives. We're sick of this. This is too hard. This is too difficult. And then Moses hears all this and he gets provoked by it, but he's not like mad. Specifically at the Israelites, he is also complaining before the Lord. Why have you brought such trouble on your servant? Why are you angry with me and why do you burden me with all these people? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them so you could tell me to carry them at my breast like a nursing mother carries a baby to the land that you swore to give to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat? How can I feed all these people? I can't carry all of this by myself. They're too much for me. And then the the best. If you're going to treat me like this, please kill me right now if I have found favor with you. And don't let me see my misery anymore. So Moses is one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. Absolutely revered. Above all in Judaism like Moses this is who the law came through this is Moses the prophet that led them out of slavery in Egypt this is a man who was the friend of God and now they have all received instruction from God at the mountain they have made preparation to do all of the things that God commanded them to do they have built The tabernacle and made it portable, a place for God to dwell among them wherever they go, right in the middle of the story, wherever they go. He is providing for them daily all that they need. But it's getting hard and challenging because now it's not a concept. They have to live this. And in living this, they've had to go further into the desert to further understand the message of the wilderness, that they are utterly dependent upon God. They are learning to trust. It's as if God is saying, I have a path through this wilderness into the land of promise. I have a way prepared for you. I will protect you every step of the way I will take you. And when you face things that you don't understand, you have got to remember that I have got you. I understand. Like You've got to stop trying to hijack the story and write something different. You've got to trust me. You've got to follow the path that I've made for you. If you're going to deviate... It's not going to work. You've got to learn this out here in the wilderness. And they're not. They're thinking about how good it was to be in slavery and bondage. And Moses is exasperated as a leader because he's carrying too much. He's trying to own too much of this because he, as a leader, also to learn the same lesson of utter dependence upon God. Even as I'm retelling the story that we just read in the book of Numbers, it should become apparent that this is a mirror into our own stories, through our own wilderness journeys. We get into places that we don't understand or situations that feel constricting We feel like we're in the wilderness and it's hard. And very, very easily we find ourselves thinking about better days, the days of bondage. Somehow we look back and forget that we were being destroyed before our very eyes and we were rescued. And sometimes as leaders, we can be leading and nobody's listening and no matter what we do, we can't seem to keep anyone on the same page. And it gets exasperating when we're just simply trying to serve God by leading his people to Jesus. And so we see both in this example today, the children of Israel and Moses facing their own set of difficulties in the wilderness. This is the mighty children of God, the chosen people. This is the mighty Moses, the prophet of the Most High God. And as it turns out, they didn't have anything that we don't. In fact, we have much more than they did. And we still find ourselves in the same places in our lives. And so let's once again watch how everything plays out. Allow it to be a mirror into our own souls and realize that the scriptures are certainly telling us the story of the children of Israel, but through the story, they're telling us our own story. There is a way forward. That doesn't mean we won't have to endure the way forward But we will accomplish the way forward if we will realize that we are utterly dependent upon God. We will begin to realize that we wrestle with this a lot. Because what we would prefer is that by our own power, we would be able to arrange for the kind of life that we want and that God would empower us to do that. When the invitation is... To go on a grand adventure of life with God trusting Him completely for all things in every conceivable way. Some things for us to give some thought to you today. And so, Father, we invite you into that. We confess. We confess that when we feel self-sufficient and that we have power and control to arrange for things that we feel the most stable, even though we still navigate ourselves into all kinds of trouble, regardless, regardless of where the path is leading us until we realize that trusting you is the only way forward, we will continue to try to hijack things write a different story than you are telling. May we relax. May we exhale. May we realize that we are safe, that you are with us and will never leave us. May we trust you instead of reflecting back upon the good old days of bondage that we used to have. May we trust you because where we are going is into the promise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning. It's the 28th of February here in the UK, and I've just heard a prayer request from a gentleman who refers to himself as Joseph in the pit, who is requesting prayer for his marriage. In particular, his wife, who, um, due to childhood trauma, has narcissistic tendencies. They've been married for 25 years. Um, I call you Joseph at this time. Joseph, I just—I was so moved by your prayer request because it is uh, almost identical to um, the situation that I had in my own life. I am very similar to your wife in that I had childhood trauma and the fear has Led to control in ways that are unhealthy in my marriage. We've been married for 26 years and I just started counseling last week. And so my prayer for you is the same prayer that I pray for myself and my marriage. Father God, I pray for your intervention. I pray for you to convict Joseph's wife, convict her of her. And of her anxieties around control issues, I pray, Lord, that she finds the courage to make herself vulnerable in Your sight, so that she is able to hand hand all over those um, hand over those issues of control and fear to You, Lord. Lay them in Your hands, so that You may be able to take hold of her and. And minister to her heart, Lord, the healing that she needs. I pray for your protection over Joseph and his wife's marriage, Lord. May you guard his heart also as they hand them over to you, Lord. I pray that you hold them dearly and closely to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I come against the enemy's ploy to try and prevent them from having a healthy, strong marriage. And I pray this, Lord, trusting that you will speak to her and that she will lay herself vulnerably at your feet and nail to the cross all her fears and anxieties and seek the help that they require. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Hi everyone, this is Willow from Washington. I don't have any prayer requests today, but I just wanted to share some scripture that I read the other day that's just been very encouraging to me. Um, I actually made it my lock screen, home screen on my laptop, so I can just be reminded of it every day. But So it's going to be Psalm 71, verses 19 through 22. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises, O my God. I just wanted to share that scripture with you guys. I'm praying for all of you, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.
0: Hey, DAB family. This is Julian in Miami, Florida. And I'm calling in to pray for Cynthia who requested prayer for her eyes and gave such a beautiful prayer for the whole DAB community. And I just want to pray over your eyes, Cynthia, and say, Lord Jesus, we know that all things are possible through you. We know that all healing is possible through you. We know that miracles are possible through you. And in your name, Lord, we pray for our sister Cynthia. We pray over her eyes, Lord. And we pray that you may heal her fully 110%, Lord, We know that these things are possible through you when we call upon your name, Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, Cynthia. Take care. Bye-bye.
3: Hi, neighbors. It's Lisa the Encourager. I wanted work in progress to know, first of all, I'm going to call you WIP because that's easy, work in progress. Easy for us to all remember. But I just wanted you to know that ever since you called in, I have been praying for your daughter every day, um, I have her on my prayer list, and I am praying that, especially that um, considering she was a follower of Daily Audio Bible and she is part of this community, I feel like we all should in unison just call out to God and pray that the angels on earth will just come to her aid and be able to um, help your daughter to um, be safe, be rescued, not only in her mind and soul and body, but her heart. And just be uh, changed through the Holy Spirit. And I just want us to all, please, let's all just pray together for uh, Whip's daughter and pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, please, Lord God, please put people in her life, Lord, that will be able to um, give her safety, um, give her security, Lord. Put people in her life that can help her Um, God any resources um, that can come her way God that can protect her and we just pray dear Lord that she will hit her rock bottom that her rock bottom is now God and now is the time that you are going to send your angels to protect her and guide her back to you and even back to this community God I pray all of this in the name of the Father the Son and the
4: the Holy Spirit, amen. Love you. Hi, this is uh, Winnie. I've called uh, once before, a couple months ago, I guess. Uh, My nephew had called, uh, he had lost his wife and he was left raising his three kids. Uh, Just an update, um, they've been evicted from their home and the uh, two older kids are living with um, my niece and her sister, Uh, they sleep on the floor and, and the couch. And then the baby is staying with my mother, um, my 80-year-old parents, um, Monday through Friday. Friday, I pick the baby up and keep him through Sunday just to give my parents a break. I, I work uh, full-time, so they help out in that way, and I help them. But the father has pretty much abandoned these kids. Um, he shows up to take the baby to daycare, and um, that's about it. We don't see him again, especially on the weekends. We don't even hear from him. So I just want to ask the, the dad family to just pray for this situation because my parents, like I said, are in their 80s. They can't do this, and it's becoming very taxing on, on everybody. The, the girls who don't have their own bedrooms anymore and just pretty much in limbo. And you know, I, I understand that he's um, bereaved, but he has he has children, and so just ask your prayers for that and and. Um, that's pretty all much right now. I think, I'm think i thankful for this uh, DAB uh, community. And I'll pray for you all. Thank you.
5: Hey, DAB family. Um, got a couple of prayers that I want to pray. Um, it's Alexis, the psalmist on the prayer wall. Um, first of all, I want to pray for my sister in Europe, whose mom passed away after um, suffering from some long-term illness and her dad is struggling. Lord God, I just lift up my sister. I pray, Father God, that as you have given her the strength to continue to believe in you, to continue to trust in you, when it's just been a month since she lost her mom, um, since her mom returned to be with you, I pray, Father God, that you give her and her family the strength to get through this season. Comfort her by your precious Holy Spirit, and give her grace strength to move forward each and every day yes there will be hard times um but lord god i pray that through each and every single hard time each and every single wave of grief you are with her and with her dad and you draw them to you in jesus name i also pray for kim in california um, who um has been through quite a time with the floods and the storms Lord God, it says in your word in the book of Isaiah that we'll go through the fire and we won't be burnt and we'll go through the floods and we will not be overwhelmed. So, Lord God, I just speak that word over her and her husband. I pray, Father God, that even through the health challenges that he is facing, he will not be overwhelmed. Father God, I pray that there will be a peace in their home, a peace that surpasses understanding, that surpasses their surroundings. And just keep them. And last of all, God, I pray for Emma and beloved on the beach, Lord God, the move that they have made. Lord God, I know that you direct the paths of the righteous. So, Lord God, I pray that you direct Emma specifically to good friends and good counsel and a good community in Jesus' name. Amen.